0: Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960,
1: to the country, SiriusXM Channel 119, and
0: around the globe, the Bloomberg
1: Radio Plus app at Bloomberg.com. This is taking stock. For the first time ever, Puerto Rico is getting ready to default on its constitutionally guaranteed debt. billion in payments due on a total of about $13 billion. We're going to find out what this means for investors, what it means for elected officials in Puerto Rico and the U.S., and what it means for the market. We're going to be speaking with Sean Burgess from Cumberland Advisors. I'm Kathleen Hayes. My co-host, Pim Fox, is on vacation. And then we're going to be speaking to a formal legal advisor to former UK Prime Minister Minister uh, David Cameron. Actually, I shouldn't say former. He hasn't stepped down yet, but he's on his way. We're going to talk about navigating the post-Brexit regulatory landscape and also what's next for Mr. Cameron. Now let's get to Catherine Cowdery. She is in the Bloomberg newsroom with a Bloomberg Business Flash.
0: Thank you, Kathleen. Well, consumer-focused companies are fueling modest gains on Wall Street. The S&P 500 is up for a fourth day and is on track for its biggest four-day rally in nine months. There's speculation that central banks will act to limit the fallout from the UK's vote to leave the European Union. John Manley, chief equity strategist at Wells Fargo Funds Management, says investors are still assessing the impact of the Brexit vote exactly what form this is going to take, but it's very premature to get very negative or very positive on it. I think what happens is uh, the, the governments, the politicians sort of feel their way along the edge. Market provides ample guidance as to what we like and what we don't like. We check the markets every fifteen minutes throughout the trading day. Dow Industrial Average is up eighteen points, a tenth of a percent, trading at seventeen thousand nine hundred forty-seven. S and P five hundred up nearly three points, an eighth of a percent, at twenty-one hundred one. The Nasdaq is higher by fourteen points, three tenths of a percent, trading at forty-eight fifty-seven. West Texas Intermediate crude oil up seventy cents a barrel, one point four percent, at forty-nine hundred one. Spot gold is up eighteen dollars seventy cents an ounce at thirteen thirty-nine thirty, and the ten-year treasury is up seven thirty seconds with yield of 1.44%. Among today's top business stories, Harley-Davidson shares are rallying. They are currently up 13.5%, trading at $51.45. There's speculation that KKR is preparing a bid for Harley-Davidson of $65 a share. And now let's get an update of some of the other stories we're following.
2: Thank you, Catherine. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Sherry Ann. Attorney General Loretta Lynch says she will follow the recommendations of her prosecutors and FBI investigators about whether to bring charge after their investigation into Hillary Clinton's personal email server concludes. The decision comes after news of a private meeting between Lynch and former President Bill Clinton raised concern among some in Washington about perceptions of impropriety. Lynch discussed why she isn't recusing herself completely. Well, a recusal would mean that I wouldn't even be briefed on what the findings were or what the, the actions going forward
1: would be. Um, And while I don't have a role in those findings in coming up with those findings or making those recommendations as to how to go forward, I'll be briefed on it and I
0: will be accepting their recommendations.
2: Lynch says the questions concerning her meeting with Clinton are fair. The FBI is marking the 20th anniversary of the terrorist bombing of the Kobar Towers in Saudi Arabia. The attack killed 19 U.S. Air Force personnel. At a ceremony today, FBI Director James Comey spoke to the families of those who died that day.
0: I am so sorry for your loss. The older I get, the more I've come to believe that closure is a myth. The notion that the hole in your heart heals is nonsense. It feels, as the general said, I'm sure to you like it was yesterday.
2: The remembrance included a wreath-laying ceremony. Assemblyman Keith Wright has conceded to state Senator Adriano Espaillat in the Democratic primary. He takes over the Harlem seat held by Congressman Charlie Rangel. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Sherry Ann. This is Bloomberg. Catherine?
0: Thank you. And now let's get a quick update of those benchmarks. Dow Industrial Average is up 12 points at 17,942. S&P 500 up 2 points at 2101. NASDAQ higher by 13 at 48.55. And that's the Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio.
1: A debt default in slow motion for months, Puerto Rico has been negotiating with creditors. It's been lobbying the U.S. Congress and the White House to do something to help it avoid default, help it restructure. 13 billion dollars worth of debt, and actually not all of that debt, but certainly key parts of it. And here we are today. Puerto Rico is ready to default on about $1 billion worth of its general obligation bonds. Those are bonds that uh, the Constitution said must be paid before other items. That's why they are in the passing as such an ironclad guarantee to investors. But if it's a choice between keeping kids in school, keeping government-run hospitals open, uh, the president has helped, and the Congress now, to help Puerto Rico Take this step that will keep it afloat while it resolves its debt problem. At least that's the hope. Let's talk now to someone who's been following this very closely, Sean Burgess, Portfolio Manager and Analyst for Fixed Income at Cumberland Advisors, joining us from Sarasota. So, Sean, this is quite a day for Puerto Rico.
3: Yeah, hello, Kathleen. It's it's, uh, quite a day uh, for those that have been following Puerto Rico over the last, you know, however long it's it's been a big day and a big week so it's uh you're looking at about um a billion of two billion in debt service due today actually getting paid with uh the general obligation um debt getting shafted for the most part so it's uh, a bad day if you own uh uninsured commonwealth debt what
1: is in the plan now that has been agreed on in Washington for Puerto Rico to move ahead? What must they do? What can they do? What kind of help are they going to get?
3: We know uh, just from the outline of PROMESA, which ended up passing uh, the House and the Senate and being signed off by the president, and, you know, very much uh, bipartisan support across the board, which was actually kind of uh, a rarity to see nowadays in politics, um, it was kind of reassuring to see that the federal government here is now going to step in and really provide some clarity and some direction for the Commonwealth because it seemed like you know, they were just kind of in a boat afloat with no means to do anything. And what Promethea really does is it uh, establishes a seven-member control board, which will oversee their budget and their spending, and allow them the ability to restructure some of their debt. And that's really where, what is key in, in this. It gives them um, the ability to look at their debt and to be able to pay, you know, hopefully what they can afford to, and you'll see cuts across the board. But uh, it should hopefully put them in a better position going forward, and that's why, you know, we're, we're pretty optimistic to see this.
1: Well, I, I, I'm glad to hear that you're optimistic because I still, in a nutshell, when I think of 3.5 million people, with $13 billion worth of debt, I think how in the world did investors ever keep buying bonds from Puerto Rico, seeing how this was piling up on what is basically a poor country that was already in bad shape? I mean, where's your optimism? Where it's, what's, what's generating it?
3: You know, it's, a, it's a very valid point, because when you look at it, about half the island is, is below the poverty line, and you know, investors for decades, and, and the island itself is at fault as well, because what... You know, what they didn't do with that money was really look at improving their infrastructure, their, you know, accounting techniques, or their really any of their internal mechanisms. They just kept borrowing, and investors for decades just kept lending them money. You know, it was triple tax exempt. kept putting the funds in, in everywhere else, and it offered higher yields than typically what okay. you could find. So, you know, investors just were kind of... Well, I guess
1: maybe they thought the government would step in as it has. But, of course, as you point out, the owners of the general obligation bonds are not getting paid. I have a question from a listener who's a financial advisor and and advises his clients to buy various kinds of bonds. Is it true that these bonds are held by hedge funds in which some are related to New York City teacher pension funds?
3: Uh, Well, We know Puerto Rico is held really across the board. Um, A a large percentage is actually held by island residents and and on-island banks. Uh, Large percentages are held by mutual funds. I mean, you can find Puerto Rico in really places that you really wouldn't think you could. For instance, you know, not to to pull any fund under the mud, but Rochester's fund, uh, Rochester Fund actually held a large percentage of Puerto Rico in it for a long time, and it's really once, it really, all all came to light with Puerto Rico. Really, people started to take a look. But you can find Puerto Rico and you know all kinds of well, uh, places in portfolios.
1: So for investors, uh, they, they, if you're, are you, do you, would you say to people, beware of the general obligation bonds you buy now. Uh, don't buy Puerto Rico. Are there some deals now in Puerto Rico because they've hit bottom and people have hope this will be mm-hmm. resolved? What are you, what are you buying for your clients? What are you advising clients yeah, at I, Cumberland? I, I, I,
3: yeah, our our stance has always been to avoid uninsured general or uninsured Puerto Rico debt just because there was so much murkiness, and there still is. Um, PROMISA didn't, you know, really clear up the situation. It just provides a map forward. So we still have to see where restructurings end up, what kind of haircuts certain credits get. So in our view and what we do at Cumberland is we focus on the opportunities and in insured Uh, Puerto Rico debt, Puerto Rican debt. So we've always maintained that uninsured debt is really carries a high um, degree of risk with it. So we've avoided uh, that area of uh, the market and really focused more on the insurers and the opportunities there. So that's where our work is really concentrated.
1: Well, thank you so much, Sean. It's a complicated situation, but definitely a... a, a Landmark, I guess, a milestone for Puerto Rico. We'll look forward to having you back as the next phase of uh, Puerto Rico's debt saga. That's the word. Saga continues. I'm Kathleen Hayes, taking stock, and this is Bloomberg. This Hamptons Commuter Minute is brought to you by Land Rover. When towers seem like trees and roads become rivers, the Range Rover Evoque is there to guide you through the twists and turns of the urban jungle. Visit your tri-state area Land Rover retailer for special offers. Land Rover above and beyond.